When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest this week is Royal Commentator Richard Fitzwilliams. Richard, welcome to the show. Good to be on the show again. Thank you. Now, could I just ask you for your thoughts on some of the events we've seen over the last few days? I think that it has been a seismic moment for the nation. Hmm. We thought that the Queen, though of course she had mobility issues and had appeared frail from time to time, had intended to come to Buckingham Palace and receive the new prime minister there, as she had all her previous prime ministers. Hmm. When we saw the image of her receiving this trust at Balmoral, Mm -hmm. she did indeed appear unwell and Subsequently, the news has come as a very considerable shock. Mm. A shock, I think, to the whole nation because she was so much part of its fabric over Mm. the last seven decades, a constant in a time of change, it has been said, and Mm. someone who had devoted service, as she promised in 1947 in South Africa, she always Mm. ensured that constitutionally, she did the right thing, mm-hmm. and also that she never let her people down, and they loved her dearly. There's no question that the Queen, not only nationally, but also internationally, mm-hmm. was someone who had the most, made the most, the strongest impression, I think, on the world. She nurtured the Commonwealth, which without her very well might not be in being, or certainly not in its present form. And also, uh, she was the ultimate diplomat. Um, she, her visit, 2011 visit to Ireland, her state visit, I think was, it put the seal on the peace process and it was of enormous significance that British monarch had for a hundred years. And uh, subsequently there was President Higgins's uh, return state visit in 2014. So this was enormously significant. The Queen leaves the legacy, not only she grew up in an age of deference, so she didn't give an interview to camera and no one knew her views. And in that sense, there was a certain mystique. And also she used that, I think, to ensure she was about party politics. That is a very important part of the monarchy. But also as a, a person, I had the privilege of meeting her on several occasions. She had charm. She had dignity. She had a wonderful sense of humor. And this, of course, was shown both uh, at the Olympics when she joined, well, when uh, she was guarded by 007 and parachuted into it, or indeed whatever head of of state would grant an audience to Paddington. Mm, Of course. (laughs) Of course. So you you mentioned there that you you met Her Late Majesty uh, a a couple of times. May I ask just for your, your fondest 
memory of uh, of meeting the late Queen? The fondest memory was uh, at the Diamond Jubilee reception for the press. Yeah. Uh, that was in uh, 2012, and we were looking at some of the magnificent pictures in Buckingham Palace uh, together uh, for a short period, and that was uh, something that uh, she showed charm, humour, and a wonderful sense of mischief. She was apparently a very good mimic. And indeed, because of somewhat of enthusiasms, I was at Royal Ascot in 2013 when her horse estimate won the Gold Cup, its most prestigious race. And this was, in fact, one of the crowning moments of the Queen's uh, career as a racehorse owner. And the footage, uh, which subsequently we saw in the uh, uh, Royal Box, was something that was glorious to behold because she was one of the world's equine experts. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And in, in your in your earlier answer there, you mentioned some of the, the love that's been shown from the, the public to towards the, the Queen and to the Royal Family. And we've seen some incredible scenes over the news channels from the last week, from Scottish tractors forming a guard of honour as the Queen was carried from Balmoral to Edinburgh, to cars stopping on motorways and dual carriageway to line the streets as she returned to Buckingham Palace from RF Northolt for the last, last time. And even the queue to see Her Late Majesty's coffin lying in state in Westminster Hall seemed to become its own sentient being based on the amount of people in it. I mean, have you been surprised by the public's reaction to Her Late Majesty's death? I think that she was so much a part of all our lives for such a long period. And she performed her duties so superbly and so impartially. And she also had empathy and she showed that most particularly i'm thinking of the uh, pandemic and that broadcast where she quoted britain's um world time forces sweetheart dame vera lynn said telling the country who were deeply concerned we will meet again mm. in that sense i always knew that the british people held the queen close to their hearts and it has not surprised me that there has been this outpouring of feeling, especially since this was, although obviously inevitable, it was unexpected. Absolutely. And as part of this period of mourning that the nation's now in, the new king and the the queen consort have been undertaking a tour of the nation's capitals, which concludes on Friday in, in Cardiff. Why is this tour so important for the new king and queen to take? Well, it is very significant indeed, because Britain could conceivably break up if there, there's a strong Scottish independence movement. Of course, there was a referendum in 2014, and uh, um, the Scottish National Party leader Nicola Sturgeon wants to hold another one. Northern Ireland is something of a crossroads as a political stalemate, and its future is uncertain. So as a symbol of national unity, it's absolutely pivotal that the other nations as well as England that make up the United Kingdom are involved. And of course, because the Queen passed in Scotland, Mm. so the Scottish people were involved in the rituals, uh, which I think was extremely significant and something the Queen, who loved Scotland, in fact, Mm. her mother was, uh, her parents were Scottish, the Island Countess of Strathmore, uh, Mm. something I think that she would have approved of. Yeah, and the accession process as well for for the new King has been made much more accessible than ever before. And that's mostly due to the technological advancements that have taken place throughout the Queen's 70-year reign. However, the event of this period of mourning, which really stood out to me, 
was the televising of the Accession Council last Saturday. Now, why do you think this was such a, a momentous occasion? No accession council meeting had ever previously been televised, but also this gave an opportunity, um, and, and this was very, very significant, to see how the process uh, whereby a new king is chosen, of course, they uh, never did, they succeed automatically, it's one of the benefits, and this is of course, a debated point, but there's, in my opinion, of a hereditary monarchy that you know who's going to be the successor, and that successor is above party political um, uh, machinations, which mm. is, I think, important. But uh, that we saw what happened in the Accession Council, it was one example, just as we'd seen in the um, walkabout uh, in front of the palace, uh, that the new king and, and queen consort, of course, are looking very carefully at how they can project an image to the public, which will gives them or gives the public a feeling of being involved somewhat more. After all, the Queen took um, the Queen ascended the throne in 1952. The glittering coronation that followed in June, albeit not in weather that anyone would have predicted, was probably the most magnificent royal spectacle ever. There was debate then over whether it should be televised. The expect undoubtedly uh, Britain is the last major European country to have a coronation and expect uh, the maximum to be made of the possibilities when King Charles comes to be crowned. But it is very important equally, I think, that, uh, at the moment, that it is a tremendous schedule that he's mm. having to um, and undergo, and and I suspect very strongly that he. I'm looking at the way that he's handled it. I think it's been extremely good. There've been a glitch or two, uh, especially when it comes to writing materials. But the facts are: the royal family are grieving as a family, mm -hmm. but they're having to do so in public in circumstances that involve a tremendous amount of physicality, certainly in the case of uh, King Charles. And mm -hmm. there is no question that these trips to different parts of the Union and the way other members of the royal family are visiting, whether it's the mm -hmm. um, Prince of Princess of Wales at Sandringham or various other members, different parts of the country, this is it's significant because it's important that whereas London is the capital and Windsor is where the Queen will lie to rest, um, that as much of the country as possible mm. feels involved in the momentous events that are unfolding and will conclude with one of the most spectacular funerals ever in human history. Mm, absolutely. And of, of course, the Queen's funeral, as you say, will take place on Monday. And you're right to say that this will quite possibly be one of, if not the most spectacular funerals ever held. So what, what can we expect to happen on the day? What we expect to happen is that the Queen's coffin will be transported on a gun carriage to from Westminster Hall, where it currently rests, mm -hmm. to Westminster Abbey. Mm -hmm. And there will be a service attended by a very large number, perhaps the largest ever outside the United Nations, of uh, heads of state, 
and dignitaries and those who are given invitations for a variety of reasons, whether it was that they won the Victoria or the George Cross or whether they happened to be in the Queen's last birthday honours list. There is, of course, a, a way that some 2,000 people are expected to pack the Abbey. It will be logistically an immense operation and the security uh, issues, of course, have been very substantial. Mm -hmm. Subsequent to that, the coffin will progress up through Whitehall and uh, an area, in fact, where it will be taken to an area that it will be taken um, by Royal Hearse to Windsor. Now, this will be a most impressive procession because it will also involve members of the royal family, as they did when, so to speak, the royal family surrendered the Queen's coffin from Buckingham Palace, where it rested in the bow room, to Westminster Hall, to the public, so the mourners could come and pay tribute. Here, on uh, that occasion and in this, the king, his siblings, and other members of the royal family will walk behind it. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there will be a full military show. Mm -hmm. The difference between a state funeral and a ceremonial funeral is that in a state funeral, the coffin is drawn by horses. Mm -hmm. in, a sorry, in a ceremonial funeral, the coffin is drawn by horses. In a state funeral, because... At Queen Victoria's uh, funeral, the horses panicked and naval ratings stepped in. So what we will see is member of ratings from the Royal Navy pulling the coffin. It will be on a gun carriage and they'll pull it by ropes. And with members of the royal family behind and also the Queen, the King's Guard, um, representatives of the five regiments of foot, with precedence given to the Grenadier Guards, who uh, throughout the um, uh, ceremony, in point of fact, uh, the 1st Battalion Grenadier Guards is responsible for transporting the coffin from its current resting place in Westminster Hall to the gun carriage and subsequently from the gun carriage to, the, to Westminster Abbey nearby. The Grenadier Guards are... In point of fact, go back to the Queen's Link to the Grenadier Guards that will go back to 1942, mm. where King George VI, her father, from whom she imbibed, I think, a feeling of uh, the feeling that she's always had the dedication to duty, made her colonel and she carried out the inspection. And that was her first mm -hmm. royal engagement. Wow. And from, um, from, the area of Hyde Park, the Royal Hearse will take the coffin to Windsor and subsequently there will be another service. There will be a procession or service. It will be received and also it will eventually in the George VI Memorial Chapel will join her mother and father, will join her parents and her sister and also um, the Duke of Edinburgh's coffin mm. will join hers. Well, well, thank you for that uh, very thorough overview of what we can expect to happen on 
Monday. And for the, the funeral service itself, you know, you, you're right to point out that this is going to be a huge security and logistical operation for uh, the, the royal household and for the police to carry out because there are going to be so many world leaders there. We, we know that US President Joe Biden, French President Emmanuel Macron will be there. Who, Which other very senior and significant world leaders can we expect to be in attendance at the service? Well, uh, firstly, I'd mention that um, King Charles is giving a reception for them at Buckingham Palace uh, on Sunday night. Uh, we certainly expect President Biden, uh, from, uh, also President Macron, and we uh, we have no list at the moment, but suffice mm. it to say what we do know are the regimes that have not been invited. Uh, that mm -hmm. involves Russia, Belarus, and Myanmar. Mm -hmm. Also, since there is no diplomatic relations with Venezuela and uh, with Syria, and there are some, a couple, I think, three countries, including North Korea, that have been asked to send ambassadors. Also, mm -hmm. Venezuela uh, won't be invited. But uh, essentially, inv invitations have gone out to world leaders. Mm -hmm. How this is handled and how they arrive, I mean, that there's talk of buses. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a huge logistical operation. It has been compared to 200 state visits happening at the same time. Wow. And a state visit itself uh, is quite an extraordinary event and very colourful. And what you will expect to see uh, during the ceremony is a fantastic uh, show uh, of the pomp and pageantry, the, the ability to do ceremonial with precision mm -hmm. that the British are absolutely brilliant at. Mm -hmm. But there will also be personal touches throughout the service which will be linked with the Queen and no doubt with the Prince Philip, because it must be remembered their 73-year-old partnership was part and parcel of the reason for her enormous success. Yeah, but mm. such an opposite in temperament. She was conservative and shy and cautious. He was dynamic and uh, experimental mm. and sometimes abrasive. But it was mm. the fact they joined their talents uh, so superbly that um, both the monarchy and the country benefited. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to move on slightly and perhaps look more towards the future, try to be more optimistic and look at what the future of the monarchy uh, might hold. And just so far, how do you think King Charles is doing in his new role as, as head of state and, of course, head of the family? So far, of course, he's had an mm -hmm. amazing hectic schedule and carried it out. Um, spectacularly well, bar a glitch or two. And remember, the royal family are a family in mourning as well. Mm -hmm. Of course. And the significance, of course, of his accession speech was tremendous. Mm -hmm. Firstly, he said he was inspired by his mother's example, her oath in 19, or her promise to serve in 1947. In fact, she carried it through. And also his, her speech inspired his accession speech. And in, But of course, every monarch has their own individual style. What mm. was very significant is that um, he certainly has no plans. It wouldn't be part of the job to be any form of an activist monarch. Mm. That came through. That is a point that is of enormous importance, because if he ever attempts that, uh, there would be undoubtedly uh, difficulties. Also, his views, once that he's defender of faith, he will be defender of the faith, supreme governor of the Church of England. The mm -hmm. Queen was deeply religious. It's a secular age, but even so, 
how symbolic importance uh, of Church of England acting as an umbrella under which other faiths can flourish. Uh, there's no doubt at all that in extending love to Harry and Meghan, because the monarchy has suffered a lot, especially among young people since they stepped down, uh, there's no doubt at all that subsequently seeing them and Mm-hmm. Prince and Princess of Wales at Windsor. I think that was an important step forward. We understand mm-hmm. that Harry will be participating in the vigil. Um, mm-hmm. That too is of importance. But let us see where that mm-hmm. goes, uh, because there are difficulties, as there have mm-hmm. been, um, with the Sussexes and um, certainly since the Oprah interview. Mm-hmm. A lot does depend. King Charles takes over at 73, mm-hmm. Queen Consort is 75. Obviously, the future of the monarchy lies in the hands of the Prince and Princess of Wales and their mm-hmm. family. But yeah. it's the nature of his of a hereditary monarchy that uh, the transition happens in this way. And there's also no doubt at all that his work for charity and the work he's created as Prince of Wales, mm-hmm. his trust, his environmental mm-hmm. work, this is very precious. Equally, we do know his views Times alter, and of course the Queen had the advantage. Nobody knew what she thought of a royal portrait, or they didn't know what she thought of um, anything other than her equestrian enthusiasm. She never hid those. But so far as King Charles is concerned, it is very different. The mm-hmm. public will recognise it's very different, and he, he has the advantage of being supported by his Queen consort, and mm-hmm. they are a perfect match. And it isn't just Charles who's new to his job, but also the Prime Minister, Liz Truss, who was appointed just two days before Her Late Majesty died. How do you think she's done at this time? It's very difficult to judge because everything has been occurring at an extraordinary rate. And indeed, Mm. that morning where we learned of the Queen's passing in the afternoon was a period where she had hoped to get across a policy dealing with uh, how people would be assisted given the crisis of the cost of living, especially Mm. the rise in energy costs. Uh, There's no doubt that it's a very difficult period to judge a politician Mm. because the focus has not been on her, nor should it be. Mm. After all, the last act the Queen performed was receiving her in audience, something she'd hoped to do Mm. in Buckingham Palace. And when the Queen ascended the throne, her first Prime Minister was, of course, Sir Winston Churchill, who'd been in office for six years across two terms. So she had a wealth of experience to rely on, as well as having a a good and strong relationship with him prior to ascending the throne. Given that both are new to their jobs, what sort of dynamic do you think will be developing between King Charles and Liz Truss? It will be interesting to watch that. Uh, It's impossible to be precise on Mm. this because clearly the weekly audiences with the Prime Minister that the King has will be of the greatest importance. Mm. But equally, he will have to ensure that he does not allow his personal views, of which he has many and they are strong, uh, to intrude in, into other business. There's little doubt that um, Liz Trust too has to feel her way uh, because she's fought a quite a bitterly fought uh, election for leadership for the Conservative Party. And she's also become Prime Minister after Boris Johnson stepped down in circumstances that were most unenviable. Mm-hmm. So it's a curious period in mm-hmm. Britain's history with a very large number of problems and 
Faraday's who will miss the Queen's sheer touch and especially her ability to communicate in a way that's so unique. Absolutely. And we've heard a lot of, in various news reports over the last few months and, and years even that the King, King Charles, wants to have a more slimmed down monarchy. So what do you think that might look like and how do you think the, the monarchy we see today will begin to change? The monarchy may change with reference to the way different um, uh, homes and uh, palaces are used in one way, but so far as the slimmed down monarchy, mm. we know that as a phrase. In fact, it is slimmed down with uh, the Sussexes uh, having stepped down, with Andrew performing no more royal duties, nor will he. Uh, the facts are that until the uh, Prince and Princess of Wales's children are able to perform royal duties, there will be far, far fewer royals to perform them and certain some like the Gloucesters and the Kents are no longer young nor is the Princess Royal in fact mm. or of course the King and Queen Consort so mm. one is looking at probably fewer uh, patronages and the like there are 3,000 at the moment that the royals are attached to the Duke of Edinburgh was attached to over 800 at one time and 750 when he died the Queen over 500 and I think um, when Prince of Wales, King Charles had, or when Prince of Wales, he had um, something over 400. This is obviously altering, but equally, charities gain an enormous amount from their royal links. Prince William and his wife, Catherine, were created Prince and Princess of Wales by the King in his televised address. Now, Charles made the role of Prince of Wales his own, having served in it for so long. But how do you think William and Catherine will define that role and make it their own? I think, firstly, they will continue their charitable work here in, and with the Earthshot Prize, mm. issues such as mental health, illegal trade in wildlife uh, parts and so forth. And mm. she, with uh, concentration on the work for the under fives, the way they're bringing up their family and ensuring they have the privacy they want. Also, William mm. is a consummate diplomat. We saw that. Uh, and his visit to Israel and the occupied Palestinian territories. So uh, I think that their good work will continue and they're enormously popular. They combine the formal and the informal on overseas tours. And also she is extremely glamorous and a fashion icon. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and finally then, to, f to finish, you mentioned it in your, your first answer briefly, but I'd, I'd like to ask you some more specifically, what do you think the late Queen's legacy will be? The Queen's legacy will be that of someone who showed total devotion to duty. It will be the way she nurtured the Commonwealth, and it will also be as a consummate diplomat. It will be as someone who, as sovereign, as mother, and as someone who was also able to communicate uh, virtually too in recent uh, recent period, uh, and make her subjects feel her empathy. Mm -hmm. I think that her predecessor, Elizabeth I, uh, in her golden speech said, though God hath raised me high, I count the glory of my throne that I have reigned with your love. Love is what the Queen's subjects here in the Commonwealth and also her admirers in the wider world feel for her. Absolutely. Richard Fitzwilliams, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Thank you.